Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wills here. Today is Monday, March the 19th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time here in the U.S. Your first daily dose of happy for the day. And Tom, it's been a good weekend for us anyway. We had a good, really good weekend. I hope you did too. Yeah, I did have a good weekend. What was what was significant about yours? Well, yesterday we drove up to Mount Snow, Vermont, uh, where we have mm. friends that Louise has known for like I don't know forty years or something like that, and just had a great time. We went on a sleigh ride. We haven't been on a sleigh oh. ride in a long, long time. That that was fun, mm-hmm. especially with since, the horses and all. That. Oh yeah, the horses and drawing the sled. And they were like, oh, I don't know. Must have been fifteen of us in the sleigh, and it was just fun. It was just great. It, it was so the roads are just time. completely covered with snow. Um, well, this is actually on a farm, so we're riding basically trails on the farm. Um, uh-huh. the, the, no, the, the roads are clear, but it's interesting. We were up there about I don't know about a month and a half ago, and there was absolutely no snow on the ground. I mean, the the uh, ski resort was making snow just to have snow, you know. In fact, there were a few days there was temperatures were up in the 60s, which was really wild. I mean, you've had something like that this year, too. But then over the last few weeks, they got a whole bunch of snow. And uh, as of yesterday at our friend's house, and our friends live about a mile or two from the mountain, um, they had snow up about four four feet high. So, I mean, the snow had just kind of all showed up. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, all at once. Yeah, but uh, so obviously the, the ski resort's happy because now they got skiers running all the time and without having to make all the snow. <laughs> but yeah, it was, and it then was the roads were snowy enough to pull a sled instead of something with wheels? Well, again, we weren't on the roads. We were on pads on, on this um, farm, this yeah. large farm. So, um, yeah, it was a sled. It was, not, it was not wheels. It was a sled. Okay. And okay. Uh, two big old Belgian, Belgian draft horses. I mean, big, big mm-hmm. horses. And they just went. The funny part is, the you can tell the horses have done this a lot, and you know when when there's a lot of snow and they get a lot of traffic for it, they're doing you know four, five, six of them a day, and the the horses are so used to it, they know where the stopping spots are because because they let them stop every bit to let them rest and so forth, and you know so the horses will come to a stop, and then the guy who's driving the horses will turn around and give us some facts about the farm or you know stuff like that, and in the middle mm-hmm. of it the horses will start up because they know it's time to go again. <laughs> <laughs> it's they great. have it all figured out. They have they That's, have it down like to a science. Automated, uh, automated ride at Disney. That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's funny, that but is. yeah, it was great. We, they they ride us up to a little shack they have that's got uh, um, you know seats inside and so forth. They make us hot chocolate. I mean, it just it's the full experience. It's the New England experience. It's great. So we, <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that. And then when we came home, a couple things happened. First, on the way home, uh, there was a huge traffic jam in Massachusetts near Springfield on the way home on on Interstate ninety one. And uh, we're pretty sure it was because of a traffic accident. So we've, we've ever since that we've been putting out positive energy to whoever was in it, hoping that they recover speedily. But mm-hmm. um, because of that, I mean, I, I we've moved the uh, eight. We, I'm sorry, we moved the Sunday podcast to eight p.m. from mornings. We used to do it mornings, and now we're doing it at eight p.m. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, are we going to get back in time? I have to get home so I can set up the computer and connect in with David, like I'm doing here with you, and you know, do the podcast. Can we get here in time? So it was a little bit dicey. We actually, I actually walked in the door spot on at eight o'clock. So we started a few minutes late, but you know, good wow. news is we got in. And then the <laughs> best, the best news is that we started the call and instantly we had a caller. 
which we, would, oh. we were kind of hoping, like you and I are doing on Tuesday nights, yeah. hoping we'll get oh. callers. Well, we got a caller, and it was actually somebody who we talked to last October. Her name's Janet. Yeah. And Janet is somebody who, um, she's not like a regular listener. She knows uh, David, and that's basically where the connection comes from. Uh-huh. But she, she had called in in October because she wanted to manifest a house. She lived in Los Angeles at the time. And she and her husband wanted to move north to Northern California, and they wanted to get a home, but they wanted a home that had some very specific particular things that were kind of hard to put together. You know, it would be a mm-hmm. rather, in her words, it would be a quirky house, not your typical house to find. Um, the quirkiest part was she wanted to have a fireplace in every room, and we were a little doubtful about that one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard of a house that has a fireplace in every room, except maybe a, you know, a manor estate in, in England or something like that, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of it, no, aside at least like it was doable. Well, she called back yesterday and told us the story about how, about how they manifested it. They actually found it. And wow. more, more precisely, it found them, which oh is really gosh. cool. Yeah. They were out. They, they, <laughs> they had moved up to California. I guess they were renting. I'm not sure exactly what, they were, what their living situation was. But they, they had not bought a house yet. So they were living in Northern California. And they took a walk into a neighborhood that they had never walked in before. And they did it on New Year's Day. So nobody's out. <laughs> you know, nobody's out and about, right? They come yeah. up they come up to this one cul-de-sac and they see a house that's got a sign in front for sale. And it looks like there's uh, somebody going into the house with a realtor. And I said, well, that's pretty cool. And, and the sign actually says that there's an open house scheduled on it. Not that day, but for another day. And they, so they decided to go up and knock, and they knock on the door, and the realtor comes to the door, and they said, um, "We we're, we're sorry to be like barging in here, but we like this house. Is there any chance we could take a look?" He says, "Well, it's a private showing, but yeah, you could kind of look around while we're while we're doing this." So they walk hmm. around this house, and they instantly fall in love. It's got everything they want. I mean, literally, the only thing that's missing on the list is the fireplace in every room. It does have a fireplace. Oh. <laughs> it, it does have a fireplace, and it's a central fireplace, but not in every room in the house. You know, that's the only thing that was missing. Everything else on their list was perfect. Check mark, check, 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 check. Everything down the list was perfect, and they fell in love with it instantly. And okay. what, what, long story short, they made an offer. The offer was accepted, and, and less than 40 days later, they had moved in. And wow. to... She, to this day, she can't believe how that played out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's oh, pretty that's weird, cool. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of like a lot of stories are like that. Mm. With law of attraction. You know, yeah. when you're in the right place and you're connected to that source energy, you see these miraculous things happen that, you know, there's no other explanation other than that you were vibrating with that. That's right. Yeah. You vibrated it right into your existence. Plus, she also commented on something that we've noted many times, which is when you're in that zone, when you're in that really happy place, everything goes so smoothly. And that's exactly yeah. what happened with this. I mean, literally, there was no resistance every step of the way. You know, they needed paperwork from this person. They'd call that person. That person would instantly have it. They needed something yeah. over here. They'd contact that office, yeah. instantly have it. I mean, just everything was just bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. Because there's no resistance going on, and when there's no mm-hmm. resistance, fantastic things happen. She was loving it. She was having a great time, and she was on with us for the entire show. She was the show. We did mm. the entire hour on that conversation with her. It was fun. Oh. It was great. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I've had days in my uh, 
in my book buying business that I used to have buying and selling college right. textbooks and college campuses where it would go like that, you know, just from one thing to another, to another, just unfolding, just miraculous amounts of money, just like flowing <laughs> and, and just the right situation over and over and over. And I'd be like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah, right. It <laughs> is cool. Go with it, you know? <laughs> That's what I you do. It when it's when it's that way. Absolutely. So yeah, it's it's been a good weekend. How about you? What anything nice happened over the weekend? Um, went on a really great hike up in the mountains because it was so warm. It was like sixty some degrees, and wow. just being up in the mountains, uh, <clears throat> you know, sitting in big meadows, and it was just wonderful. Um, mm. Very warm. And then last night it snowed, which was the first time it <laughs> snowed in about um, three weeks. You know, we got like about two inches, three inches, which was very much needed, you know. So you went uh, from the 60s down to the low 30s, upper 20s. Yep. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. And it's going to go back up again. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it just, it's been doing that the entire winter. And I, there's only been about four, four snowstorms that were any more than two inches. And I, the biggest one was probably eight inches or something like that, which was great. But yeah, we, we've had very, very, very little snow and lots and lots of sunny days to the point that I, I feel bad when it's a sunny day in, in a way, because it's just like, it's hard for me to accept the fact that there's no winter, you know, it's like, well, where's the winter? <laughs> you want you know, the winter. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want the moisture, you know, cause I just feel, you know, I, and I don't, I don't want to get in my worry. Um, but I also don't want to see things die. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, it's like, it's <laughs> we got like, some snow, so we might, like, and we, and I was looking at the forecast. We might get two more days in about another week. It looks like there might snow again. So, oh, okay. You That's know, cool. traditionally March and April are our wettest months around here, so we still can do okay. Oh, okay. Um, we've been saved lately a number of years by a wet April uh -huh. <laughs> or a wet May, even uh -huh. uh, when we had a really dry winter. Uh, so things are just what they are. <laughs> so <you laughs> Not can... much I can do about it, although I do believe that we do influence the weather by our attitude, like that story oh, yeah. you were telling. We've talked about that before. Oh, sure, absolutely. Um, so you've been riding the weather roller coaster in Colorado lately. That's that's basically what your winter's been like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. more so than I've ever seen. Yeah, that's right. Here. A, a more unusual warm winter, but um, and I don't if know I about want you. Moisture. I've just got to focus on moisture. I don't know about <laughs> you, but if I'm on the roller coaster too long, I have to get off because otherwise I throw up. So. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I can't keep focusing on it. That's totally true. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you can't. It doesn't yeah, do you any good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's about sort of what this topic of today is about relationship roller coasters. You know, that's for well, me. Why don't you take the moment to introduce it? Because this is the place and time, so let's do it. Yeah, well, I, I had an experience where I, um, you know, had spent some time with a woman I had been with for a while in a relationship, just for a few months I'd been with her and hadn't seen her in a while. And then I went to see her again. And, and it was sort of like reopening the, <laughs> the possibilities of falling in love with this wonderful person. Mm. And I just felt like, I, I don't know if I want to, you know, it feels like a roller coaster um, because it feels like, well, I've, I've already been through this. I've already seen what it was like to feel that feeling of falling in love and then feeling like I just, you know, didn't see how I, I could make that relationship work because of the, the differences in our personalities and the ways that we like to live our lives. You know, um, she's just quite a bit different in a lot of different ways. And I'm, um, so it just brought up the thing like which I 
wrote as the topic for today's uh, podcast, which was how do you how do you allow into your into your life a really ideal relationship? And <clears throat> excuse me, what do you do with unwanted characteristics? And or do you you know how how much do you go after the wanted characteristics if you're not already if you're not already in a relationship? Now, mm-hmm. someone like yourself who's been married for a long time, it's it's also these these questions in a way are are there in any relationship you could say which is if there are unwanted characteristics um what's the secret to un, to being focused on the wanted characteristics and then a, thereby attracting those things more than those unwanted characteristics to the point where the unwanted characteristics literally dissolve and they and it's it's uh it's a very Mm, lively realm, the realm of relationships to me, because you can, it seems like you can really clearly watch things manifest based on what you're expecting to see. Mm -hmm. And, and then when you're expecting to see something that if you're relying on the external situation to make or break your happiness, then it will. <laughs> and uh, and if you're relying on your connection to your own connection to source and between you and you, you know, how happy are you with you? How how much are you connecting to your own inner connection to your source self, to your higher self? Then that becomes the key to what happens externally in your relationships. The same as with that woman who found that house, mm-hmm. you know, her and her husband were clearly vibrating with connecting to th- what they wanted. You know, they knew in their own vibration, clearly they were sh- sure that they were going to find it. So sure that they'd gone and rented a house in Northern California. And now they were just kind of waiting till this house showed up. Um, and you know, they were out looking to some degree, but even that day they weren't particularly looking, but they were vibrating with it. Clearly they were vibrating with it because then mm-hmm. it just showed up. And I think in relation, in the relationship realm, you know, um, it just, it's just such a question for me right now because I'm looking for this new relationship that I want and I'm meeting, I'm meeting a lot of different women. And then the question is, what am I vibrating with? Mm. Uh, well, you mentioned um, that, that I've been involved uh, in a steady relationship for a number of years, which I have. Yeah. I mean, May yeah. 2nd is actually going to be the 20th anniversary of our meeting, so it's been almost yeah. 20 years. And mm-hmm. yet, I also have to point out that this was the very first successful relationship in my life because we got married when I was 42. So I had a whole lot of experience before that with absolutely no success at all with relationships, none whatsoever, including huh. failed trial after failed trial after failed trial. To the yeah. point where by the time I met my wife, um, about a month before that, I'd just given up. I said, okay, I'm done with this whole dating thing. I just can't do this yeah. anymore. Which is probably why it finally <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I let go of all my <laughs> resistance or enough of the resistance for it to come in. But, yeah, yeah it, it's – so I have experience on both sides of the fence. Let's put it that way. And the one thing that I have learned more than any other is to trust myself, which I know is – that sounds so obvious, right? But I didn't really trust myself. I didn't trust my judgment. I didn't trust my beliefs. I didn't really trust them. I mean, I had certain negative beliefs that I was always looking for in somebody, which is really strange when you think about it. But in terms of my positive beliefs, in terms of my hopes and dreams, I didn't trust that I could actually find that. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I, I finally started to trust that it was at least possible that Louise came into my life. And the, you know what the amazing part was? The amazing part was how easy it was. Because you hear yeah. about, oh, you have to work at relationships. Oh, you have to, you know, it, it's a constant struggle and you have to constantly be working at them and, and it just takes time. You have to put a lot of energy into it. And Louise and I both say, that's BS. <laughs> that's absolute nonsense. That's not mm-hmm. the way it is at all. <laughs> not even close. Mm-hmm. The only reason you get those kinds of relationships where you have to work so hard is because you believe you're going to get a relationship where you have to work so hard. And that's it. That's the only reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with those people finding that house, you know, that, yes. that you said the main thing that was so amazing one thing you were saying was because how smooth everything went, you know, mm-hmm. every aspect of the deal was just like doors opening and the right people, the right time, the right situation, probably the right price, everything, you know, probably just was on. And, and I can't say it, it was all smooth sailing at the beginning. Actually, it was not all smooth sailing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The uh-huh. difference though, is how we looked at it. It was yep. the way we looked at it that made the difference. And let me, I'll just give you the, the synopsis. Um, we met because we had a mutual friend. Um, my friend Deborah was somebody I knew from the swing dance community. I was very active in swing dancing at the time. Uh-huh. And she was one of many, many women that I knew that I danced with you know, on a fairly regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. She knew Louise because both she and Louise are psychotherapists. So obviously they travel in similar circles. And at one point in time, Louise was working full time at an agency where Deborah was there on sort of a contract basis. And Louise, uh, about six months before her cat of 17 years had died, and a couple months after that, a friend, and it was really rough on her, too. It was a, they were really close. And a couple months later, a friend asked her, are you going to get another cat? And without hesitation, she said, no, I'm going to get a husband. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, because no, of that, she believed, <laughs> she, she believed very strongly that you don't just put out a happy feeling. You don't just put out, no, I want a husband. You don't want, just say, I, I just in, intend to attract it, and he's got to show up. She believes you have to go out and get it. You have to take mm-hmm. the steps to show the universe mm-hmm. and, to, and to show yourself to be consonant, you know, consistent, yeah. to be, to be uh-huh. you know, to, to put out the same vibration all the time. So she was asking everybody she knew, do you know any emotionally healthy men? Mm-hmm. And did this for a few months. And then one day she uh, thought to, to ask Deborah that. Now, Deborah is a, um, she's very much into new agey things. Um, she's, she's very much into, into stuff, kind of similar to the stuff that you're into, really. And Louise's reaction was, do I really want to ask her this? Because I'm not sure who, if I want to meet whoever it is she knows. <laughs> because, I'm, because I'm not like that, she says. You know, so, but, but she did ask anyway and asked her, well, do you know any emotionally healthy men? And instantly, Deborah said, yeah, I do. Now, in order to understand that that was actually a funny line, I have to explain to you that this dance community we're a part of has hundreds of men in it. Hundreds, literally hundreds of men. She has probably mm. danced, because I've danced with hundreds of women, so I imagine she's danced with hundreds of men. Mm. And for some reason, she thought of one, and that was me. And I, to this day, I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> I really don't uh, understand uh? it. But the point mm. is, I was the one that she thought of. And the first words out of Deborah's mouth was, shall I have, her, have him give you a call? <laughs> now, we don't mm. even know each other yet, right? Yeah. And, and Louise says, well, why don't you ask him if he'd like to first? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So Deborah gives me a call. And uh, now, 
remember this is at a time where a month before I'd given up on dating. You know, so I was not in a good place where dating was concerned. It's like, you know, I'm done with that. <laughs> not mm-hmm. interested in going back. And here's my friend Deborah, who I, I know okay. I, I know her somewhat, but I don't know her really well. We're not close friends or anything. Yeah. And here she is calling me up and saying, um, I have somebody who wants to meet you. Would you like to meet her? And I'm thinking, again? i just got rid of this (laughs) i mean i think i actually told her that i'd given up on it about a month ago and she says no 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 you gotta get gotta give it a chance i said oh all right so she gave me (laughs) louise's phone number i called louise up a few days later i called her on a wednesday i think it was and we talked and we talked for about three hours like no well okay well that's pretty good Good connection yeah and and from when louise tells the story the way she tells it is that I got her sense of humor. Nobody ever got her sense of humor, but I laughed at, at her funny lines. And that was, uh-huh. a, in, in her yeah. mind, that was like the winning formula right there. <laughs> that is big. So I can't say I was really strongly interested. She was, I think, more interested than I was at that point. Um, and about a week or, I think it was a week later, I called again uh, just to, you know, just to see. And we talked again. It was, again, it was about two hours, two to three you hours. You still hadn't like met her, though. Still hadn't met her, no. Yeah. And I wasn't sure I wanted to. I, I'd given up on dating. <laughs> you know, do I really want to go onto that roller coaster again? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't yeah. so sure. You know, well, okay, it was going okay, and you know, I kind of liked some of the stuff I was hearing, so it was worth at least doing another conversation. So the next week there was a third conversation, and after three weeks of it, I said, okay, I guess I really should kind of get off the pot here. So <laughs> go I, meet her. Yeah. So I said, well, you know, well, would you like to meet sometime? And she said, okay, uh, where would you want to meet? And all I could think of, she actually lived only about three miles from me, which was amazing. Oh, we actually, oh, we, sh- we shopped at the same supermarket. And oh, I've wow. told you, I'm six foot eight, so I'm pretty tall. I'm hard to miss. We had yeah. never crossed paths in the supermarket in years, which is just unbelievable. And, you know, uh-huh. if, 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 once you see me, you know who I am. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. There's Walt. Yeah. Yeah. There's the tall guy with the gray hair, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, the kids come up but in the back supermarket. Then you didn't have gray hair. Yeah. Well, no, I no, I did have gray hair. Today I have white oh. hair, but the, back then I had gray hair. And okay. yeah, and you know, the kids would come by in the supermarket. Wow, mommy, he's tall. Mommy's going shh. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball player. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, constant, always stuff like that. Yeah, so of course, everybody, everybody would see me. Everybody would know who I was. They wouldn't know me by name necessarily. Right, you know, right. So for Louise and I to, to shop in the same supermarket all these years, and she never saw me. And then all of a sudden we're being connected. That that was just plain bizarre. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, point is, uh, we met at a restaurant that was halfway through, halfway between the two of us, because it was the only one I could think of, and it was one I'd never eaten at before. I think I maybe yeah. had grabbed a quick bite there with somebody or something like that. And we met there, and the food was terrible. <laughs> the food was just horrible. And to make matters worse, Louise shows up in this this flea bitten straw hat. That made her look like some sort of a hick, and <sighs> and throughout the entire meal, she refuses to look in my eyes. She she's really? just yeah. Wow. So I, I'm talking at the straw hat, and I'm thinking, well, this is not going well at all. <laughs> That's unusual after having that amazing talk on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Well, she she must have had something about eye contact. <laughs> well, that was on May second of um, 1998. 
a couple days later was my birthday, and it was also a joint birthday party with Deborah and another friend because the three of us all have <laughs> birthdays within like a week of each other. So we were having she had this big birthday party for us, and you know had a bunch of friends over and so forth. So I went to the party, and she says, "So how'd it go with with Louise?" I said, "Oh, not very good." And I told her what happened, mm-hmm. and she uh. says, "Well, you're going to give it the three date rule, right?" I said, "What?" <laughs> What's that? I've never heard of that. She says, the three-date rule. I said, what's the three-date rule? She says, well, that's where if it doesn't work out on the first date, you give it three dates before you, you make your final decision. And I, looked I, at her, I looked at her cross eye. I said, you got to be kidding, right? <laughs> I mean, you pretty much know after the first date. She says, no, 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 no. Yeah. Give, it, give it three dates. Oh, all right. Yeah. And I, I, I wow. almost said no. But wow. I don't know why I, I I felt like saying no. I really didn't feel like going through with it. But mm-hmm. for some reason, what she said, I was like, oh, God, I'll probably regret it if I don't. Okay. <laughs> you know? Wow. So I I didn't call right away. I gave it a while. I think it was about a week before I could get myself up to it. Okay, I'm going to try this. I called Louise up and invited her out and said, would you like to go to uh, the aquarium in um, Norwalk? There's a nice aquarium there. They have a show and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, okay. So we go to the, the aquarium, and it was better. It was definitely better than the restaurant. First of all, she's looking in my eyes for a change so we could actually talk. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was yeah. an improvement. <laughs> that's, a, that's minimal for me. That's I mean, right. That's got to happen. <laughs> so, so that was an improvement. And, and we, we were getting along well. That was clear. I mean, we, certainly yeah. we had a number of things in common. We had a very similar attitude on life. So there, there was a lot to go with there. Um, mm-hmm. There was no spark yet. Well, she may have had a little bit of a spark, but I didn't feel any spark. And yeah. it was just, you know, it was pleasant. It was, a, it was a pleasant time. It was a really nice day. We we had a very good time. Um, spent time. Down, it's down on the waterfront, so we were spending time down on the waterfront, and it was just good. It was nice. Mm-hmm. And on the way back home, she said to me, "Are you a rollerblader?" And I said, "No." <laughs> well, I just mm-hmm. I had just bought some rollerblades, but I hadn't really used them. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Let's go rollerblading." I mm-hmm. said, "Hmm. Well, okay. I'm not really good at it." And she says, "Well, that's right. I'm not either." so okay so about a week later we decided and we we went uh, rollerblading now here in connecticut uh they have a number of old railroad tracks that have been pulled up and replaced with uh paved Mm. pathways rails to trails as they're called trails yeah yeah and so we went to one of those and and strapped on the skates and i think we we skated about a half a mile that's about the best we could do and then skate a half mile back and avoided falling (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's good (laughs) yeah (laughs) but we made it we were tired and so forth and it was going better. Um, so anyway, it, there's the three dates, right? And it was not bad. It was actually pretty good. I, I can't say we were falling in love or anything like that, but it was it was good. So we just kept going with it. And I think it was – oh, I know what it was. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, when I was taking her home, she left – what was it? A, a sweater, I think it was, in my car. And to this day, the question is, did she leave the sweater intentionally? <laughs> <laughs> and she hasn't answered that? <laughs> well, uh, I think she actually I, – I don't think she's really sure, to be honest. And I'm okay. not really sure either. But uh, the point is, when I dropped her off, she said, do you like blueberry pie? Well, I love blueberry yeah. pie. So I said, yeah, I like blueberry pie. She says, a la mode? I said, yeah. She says, mm-hmm. well, why don't you come over tomorrow because I'm making some blueberry pie. We can have blueberry pie a la mode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you yeah, know? That's a good one. So went over the next day, and uh, 
Oh, I know how that worked. She had left the sweater. I, I, I called her up to tell her she had left the sweater, and that's when she asked me uh, for, for blueberry oh, pie. Oh, okay. That's, that's, okay. Why, that's the way it worked. Because you weren't necessarily going to see her again? Or? Uh, no, it wasn't more. It, it was just more like let's keep the uh, momentum going, kind of a thing. It wasn't yeah. that. It wasn't that I had. I hadn't uh, turned her off. Now I, I had not said, "Okay, I'm done with her." I, I was yeah. more interested than I was before. And you hadn't done three dates yet, had you? Um. Well, yeah, we actually had. Oh, okay. I wasn't we, the restaurant, the uh, aquarium, and then the uh, roller skating, rollerblading. Oh, the rollerblading was the third date. Right. Yeah. That's right. And so anyway, <laughs> I went over for the uh, blueberry pie, and she had just gotten a kitten. Oh well, that's a that that was seal the deal for me. <laughs> it did for me too, um, <laughs> because I ended up spending more time playing with the cat than I did talking yeah, to her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She, she wasn't happy about that. Oh, <laughs> she, wow. she said, "Why did I get this cat?" I asked you him over. He, he's playing with the cat. Walk. He's not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see there were some bumpy roads along the way, but it, no, eventually, yeah. uh, eventually, we we actually about a. a a week later, two weeks later, um, I told her that I wanted somebody who could be a dance partner, and so I brought over a, a tape to use to you know to teach her dance steps. And in the course of teaching the dance steps, all of a sudden we were in each other's arms. Mm. And that was you got to be careful that about was, dancing. Let me tell you, <laughs> that oh, dancing yeah, stuff is tell dangerous. <laughs> dancing is dancing fabulous way to uh, to court somebody or Absolutely. to get closer. <laughs> yeah. That, that, actually, I, that is the source of a of, uh, disagreement between us because she says that I'm the one who pulled her in, and I say she's the one who pulled me in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, it it just uh, mm-hmm. kept going after that, and it was a it was an interesting thing. Actually, about two weeks after that, she called me and said she needed a break in the relationship. I said, oh, well, now, so much for that. It's done now. <laughs> mm. And it turned out she was freaked out because she liked me in every way possible and and she wasn't used to it moving that quickly in a way that she liked the person. And, yeah. and I had no idea what was going on. She ended up calling her, her friend up actually the same friend we went to see in uh, Vermont yesterday. And she calls her uh-huh. friend up and, and uh, says to her friend, you know, I don't know if I can be with this guy. She says, well, what's wrong with him? He says, she says, well, he's yeah. six foot eight tall. I mean, how are we yeah. going to fit together? But Louise is like five six, and she stands on her tiptoes. You know, it's not exactly uh-huh. like we're you know close in height or something like that. And Leona says, "You mean that's the only problem?" And Louise says, "Well, yeah." She says, well, "Don't let that be a problem. That's great. Everything else is working. Go with it." Yeah, really. That's that. That's pretty good. You have that many things working for you. So I don't remember exactly how it worked, but but somehow we ended up uh, having another phone call after a week or so, and and. Uh, we were back together, and we've been together ever since. So, mm, yeah. That's good. Good yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> so you could get a lot out of that about how, what constitutes a really good relationship, and how do you how do you go with the flow with all that? Um, you know, it sounds like in a lot of ways you were blessed with, you know, being in the right vibration, um, and she was too, so that you could both. And interestingly wow. enough, that right vibration was not a happy vibration. It was an okay vibration, but it wasn't a joyous, happy vibration. It was it was simply a non-resistant vibration. So even though we had bumps along the way, the bumps weren't that important. I mean, they were. They seemed like it at the time. You know, like when wow. Louise said, "I want to break for a week." That seemed like okay. Well, the relationship is over. But I didn't go into a thought process and said, "Oh, she doesn't want to see anymore. I'm so depressed." I never. I never went there. I just yeah. didn't even go into that. I just simply stayed in that same zone I was in. Like, oh, well, you know, say la vie. 
<laughs> it was no big deal. And that's the point. Mm -hmm. None of those bumps were any big deal. Mm -hmm. None of them were. And that's the way I looked at it. And I think that's pretty much the way she looked at it, too. If we had, if either one of us had thought that one of those things were deal breakers, then they would have been. But we didn't, so they weren't. But, but yeah, and it sounds like <clears throat> they weren't things that were necessarily things that you just couldn't live with over the long term. I mean, they weren't, you, you say they could have been things that you wouldn't have been able to live with over the long term if you would have focused on them? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like, did she have characteristics like, like, that like, she like has the fact to, that we didn't have any, day? like the fact that we didn't have any spark the first date or the second date? Well, that yeah. could have been a killer. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. That could sure, just kill them right off. I guess I'm, I'm more looking in my life at to qualities in another person that seem like, well, you know, she's that way. She likes to do this thing that way. I don't. I'm the opposite of that. Therefore, you know, would I want to really be in a relationship with a certain person? You know, because if there's certain ways that they like to live their life that are just not what I'm looking for at all, you know, and then someone else, you know, says that they've got the quality I am looking for. See, but the thing is, if I feel like I'm really in love with somebody or I feel like this great, deep, deep love, you know, that's the thing that blows my mind, you know, like in this one situation, because I'm, I feel the love is so beautiful, but the, but the characteristics of, you know, compatibility don't seem to be really all there. And well, so I'm trying to just say, should I override the long the the longing I have to have these other characteristics there just because the love feels so great you know um is that is that deep feeling of love enough to warrant saying I'm going to just forget about the fact that I want her to be this way or this way or this way I'm just going to go with the fact that there's a there's a great feeling of love well there there's two pieces that I hear in there and I'll 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 address them separately the first piece I'll call the grass is always greener syndrome and that's the one where you have somebody good, but there's going to be somebody better over there, or there's going to be somebody better next week, or there's going to be somebody better next month. And the problem with the grass is greener syndrome is that you never get a relationship out of it. <laughs> right. You're constantly looking for something better. Well, you have to really make a decision. What do you really want? And what is, what's on your absolute must-have list? And then what's on your wish-to-have, but you could be okay without it list? I think the big problem people run into with that is they don't decide what's actually on each list. They let the lists change from day to day. And when the list is constantly changing of you know what's on the must-have list and when the list is changing every day in terms of the wish list, you can't keep up. There's no no one could possibly win with that scenario. It's not there's no way to do it because the rules change from day to day. You know, who could possibly yeah. keep up with you know, a, a wish list that changes every day when, when it's a wish list about you, that you're the person who's the object of the attention? You can't. Uh -huh. No one can do that. That's impossible. <laughs> no, no. You know, so, and, so and, at some point you have to, somebody has to say, okay, I'm going to sit down and say, here is my absolute must-have list and here is my wish list. Now that I have the absolute must list, if I can find, find somebody who matches my absolute must list, then I'm interested. Now, the second part of it that you mentioned is the falling in love part. And I will tell you, quite honestly, I never fell in love with Louise. Hmm. And the reason I say that is falling in love 
to me means falling into a place of being ready to be a victim. For me, I grew in love with Louise. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important distinction, growing in love versus falling in love. Because when you grow in love, what's happening is the love is increasing. When you fall in love, you are trapped by it. So I never allowed myself to fall in love with her. Instead, I grew in love with her. And that helped me avoid a lot of the little traps that we set for ourselves in the course of you know dealing with the romance field. Because in that romance field, there are a lot of ways to trip yourself up. You know, I both know that. There's a lot of ways to trip yourself up. So <laughs> it sounds like a mind game. It sounds like a word game. But I think it's a really important one. I think it's important to not fall in love and instead to grow in love. Because fall in love actually more has to do with chemical than it has to do with who the person is, right? It has to do with the chemistry of, of uh, oh, I, I, I so much need this person and I have, I, I'm, I'm physically attracted to her and I've got to have sex with her and, oh, God, and, and she's everything when I'm with her. And it's such a desperate place. It's yeah, a well, desperate that's place. not what I'm experiencing. I mean... Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. But, that. but you see my point. Lots of people fall into that realm. They fall into that yeah. place. And they don't realize you can't grow from that place. There is no way to grow in that. And then they wonder why their relationships keep breaking up. Well, because they set themselves up. Mm. <laughs> they set themselves up to fail and they didn't even know it. That, that's why you, you hear so many therapists talk about how, well, you, you don't really want to go with who you fell in love with. You want to find out whether the love is real. Yeah. And, and even if the love is real, it's like, to me, it's like it, it's got to be counterbalanced or balanced with enough attractive aspects that there that are not deal breakers you know that i mean if there are if there are things in there that you just feel like you know i love this person immensely but i just couldn't live with this this kind of a situation then you know that you know abraham talks about this stuff it's very interesting what they say you know because they really say that all this all of it comes down to one thing and that are you aligning with your own source self true and if you're aligning with your own source self then you can you can be in the presence of that other person and see tremendous beauty in them and there can be a, an amazing blossoming of of love and and it can continue to give you everything you're wanting but when you expect the other person to to have to have you know only wanted characteristics and then you see an unwanted characteristics, and then that becomes a deal breaker. Um, then what they're what they seem to be saying is you're not aligning with your you're not staying aligned with your source self. Then you're expecting the other person to create that alignment for you, and that's impossible for the other person to do that. I agree. Yeah. In fact, I would go a step further and say there's a difference between what you want and what is a must-have. A must-have is a true deal deal breaker. Like right. um, I. It was not on my must-have list. It was on my wish list. I wanted to have children. Louise didn't want to have children. That was a mm-hmm. tough one for me. It took me a long time to decide whether or not I really wanted to spend my life with her because there was a part of me that really wanted to have children. But I asked myself, is it on my must-have list? I absolutely must have this. Otherwise, the relationship can't work. Because if it is, then i got to break this relationship off. Yeah. And after a lot of soul-searching, I realized I really would love to have children. But you know what? It's not a must-have. Mm-hmm. That's why the must-haves are so important. And it actually turns out the must-haves is a a really relatively short list. It's not a real long list. 
I mean, it's going to vary from person to person, but that list is not as long as you might think it is. But that's why right. it's so important to work out in advance what's on that must-have list. Because mm-hmm. if you if you do have something on the must-have list and it's a true must-have, then you you definitely don't want to be involved with somebody who doesn't have that characteristic or trait or or interest or experience or whatever it is. Yeah. On the other hand, if it's a want that's not on the must-have list, that's your cue that what you're dealing with is what Abraham is talking about. The thing about not being in alignment with yourself. And what you really need to look at is not so much whether or not you want the thing, but whether or not you're in alignment with yourself. They are really mm-hmm. not the same issue. You, you don't want to be focusing on what, uh, what the thing is that you want at the same time that you're trying to focus on being in alignment because you won't do it. You won't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a conundrum for me so a number of times, you know, and just because I want, you know, certain things in a relationship clearly that, you know, they, they just feel so important to me. And do you know what's on your want list? Do do you know what's on your must have list? Yeah. I I feel like I know everything I want and I know it really clearly. And I know it so clearly that they're must haves. They're must haves. They're must haves. Not, not would like, or not strongly like, I mean, must have like total deal breaker. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that see, that's so relative to me because it's sort of like, Abraham says so many times I hear them talking about this with people and they say they, they really applaud somebody who, who sticks to their guns saying, I want to have the things I want in a relationship. Let's say you want the other person to have as much money as you have, Mm -hmm. you know, and you, and you rather not get involved with someone who's, who's, who you're possibly going to end up, you know, feeling like you need to support them in a short amount of time Mm -hmm. because they just don't have the money or, Let's say you really love camping and you, you've just had this longing forever that your partner and you are going to go camping together, but she, she just doesn't like camping. This woman you met, she just doesn't like camping. Like, well, then is that a deal breaker? You know, with, or you, am I going to say to myself, well, I guess I'll just give that up. That whole idea I had, that was, that was one of 10 things I wish she had, but just because she doesn't like camping, should I, and that means I'm never going to go camping with her you know, should I, should I blow her off or should I blow off the idea of the camping? And that's what gets to me to be tricky because I have a lot of things like that, that I would like in a partner that, um, they seem all doable. It's, um, it's sort of like when you find that house, you know, yeah, it didn't have a fireplace in every room, but it had every other thing on their list. I've had experiences like that where I've gone looking for a property and saw nothing that I wanted. And then all of a sudden find, this house that's got everything and more. And then I end up renting it or buying it. And, you know, how do that, how that happens? I want that. I want the relationship I have to be the same way where, you know, it's, it's so many of the things that I want. And yet this thing that I was noticing Abraham was saying that if you focus on what you really want in your alignment with your inner self, that a whole lot of external things will simply work out and it'll it'll turn out way in your favor because you put the focus so much on your alignment with your higher self with your inner source self and so i get i get pulled right now in my life i get pulled between those two worlds there's you know because there's a part of me that says i know the characteristics and qualities 
I would really like to have in the other person. Like, like I'm a musician. So it would be so cool to be with somebody that plays music. It would be so cool to be with a musician. So I'm trying to hold out for that. I really am. So recently I met a woman and she is a musician and she has a whole lot of other qualities I like, but I, I've only seen her once and there's not that feeling I have with this other woman where there's this deep feeling of love, you know, that's just transcendent, amazing feeling of love. But this, you know, the one, the woman, woman, I have that transcendent feeling of love. She doesn't play a musical instrument. She doesn't like to go camping. You know, there's different, all these other things are missing, you know, so it's a very interesting dichotomy. And obviously I create, I've attracted that into my life because sure. I must believe that I have to struggle. You know, <laughs> you know. We, we are our own worst enemies in some cases. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, and I see it in other aspects of my life too. It's one reason I'm a life coach is because I feel like I've had so much experience with and continue to have experience with how do I have what I want in my life and do it in a way where I'm connected to my source self and I just let it unfold in the most wonderful way. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, yeah. And so it's like, and not have it be a dilemma. And I, I feel like that the trick of all of this is the part of me that believes in dilemmas. I think yeah, it's sure. It, oh yeah. And that's why I can turn situations. I can track situations into my life that become dilemmas because some part of me, doesn't really believe I can have what I want. And so, so I get to end up putting all my marbles in the, in the bag. That's an old saying from years ago, mm -hmm. but of, of believing that I, I can, I can have it all. You know, I, I like to believe I can not only have the work I want doing the kind of career I want, but I can make the money I want to make. I can not only have the relationship I want with all the, tons of wanted characteristics in that woman, but I can be deeply in love with her and it can all, I can have it all. And, and to me, it's just like, I always say to myself, well, of course, why, why wouldn't it be that way? You could have it all. And yet I find that if I'm, if it's not ha turning out that way in my life, I have to ask myself, where's my vibration off here? You know, like, what is it that, that would, that would prevent it from just flowing into my life? Well, the I, way I, that I want it. I can say that, that you can have it all. And I, I think you're right to want to have it all. I think that's, that's perfectly acceptable. I think it's a good thing. There are a few things you have to bear in mind, though, if you're going to go for having it all. Because I mean, you're going for the brass ring at that point, right? You're going through the best of all right. worlds. Well, one yeah. thing you have to be willing to, to deal with is the fact that you're going to have lesser options come to you along the way. And you're going to have to say, no, thank you, 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 until you finally get the one that you like. You have right. to be willing to do that. Right. You can't. What you cannot do is spend a lot of time saying, "Well, this one's fairly close, and that one's not quite <laughs> as close." But I really feel because that breaks the string of saying, "No, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you." You have to actually right. be. If you have to, if you're going to commit to that, to that, I got to have the ideal woman thing. You got to keep saying, "No, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you." Otherwise, yeah. she won't get there. Right. Right. <laughs> she and won't show up. With, it's the same with a job situation. If you if you say, "You, I know the ingredients I want in my perfect job." in my perfect life career. And I know the ideal situations I want and the amount of money I want. Then you have to keep saying no, thank you to 
anything that isn't that. That's you know, right. So you, you keep saying, you know, well, oh, I could settle for this this other job. And, and well, I could settle. That's what I did for 27 years. I settled for a job mm-hmm. and it made me over $100,000 a year, almost every year for, all, you know, and it was great. Mm-hmm. But I was settling the entire time. I knew the entire time, I don't want to be doing this work. This isn't me. This is like, I get some satisfaction out of it. I can make my days pretty fulfilling. But all those 27 years, I was saying to myself, but this isn't what I want to be doing. And I would say that often to people that I would meet in my job. You know, they'd say, well, you know, like, how do you, you know, they would be wanting to talk to me about buying and selling college textbooks. And I'd always so many times, hundreds and hundreds of times, I think to myself, I have no interest in talking about buying and selling college textbooks. <laughs> I only got into this for the money, you know, it's like, you know, and the convenience, the fact that I work a hundred days a year and I have the rest of the year off, you know, right, it's right. like that, that was worth it. Yep. Me. But in a lot, really looking back on it, I wish I would never have done that. I wish that I would have waited no matter what it took to find the work that I really love. And the same thing I think with, with relationships I, that I, I really almost feel like I don't care about anything other than it having, having it feel right, you know, but life has a way of also, you know, like gifting us with, with things that we didn't expect as gifts, you know, like, so I can look at those 27 years of what I did and I can say, well, I'm not, I don't regret it because I was gifted with so much during all that time. You know, it was the lifestyle I had, the fact that I could then get married, raise a family, have all this time to devote to my family. There was all kinds of wonderful things that happened. Well, so, well if you're going to play the regret game, because that sounds like what you're doing, you're playing the regret game. I, I regretted being the bookseller, you know, because I was a, such a waste of my time in terms of I, I didn't go for the, the gusto. I didn't really go for the big stuff. Okay. Well, if you're going to play the regret game, then also play the regret game with like the women you're meeting. You know, will you regret leaving her behind? Right, right, right. You know, and to me, that's a hard game to play because that means no, you're constantly picking negatives. But if you're going to insist on it, at least do it equitably across the board, you know? And, <laughs> well, and no, I, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not, what I say is I'm not regretting the career I had and I'm not regretting the, the marriage oh, I, th- I had. I, 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 thought, I thought you said you did regret the, the career. No, I'm saying during the time that I was doing it, I always knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do. But, but I'm, but I'm saying I'm not looking back on it with regret. I'm looking back on it with gratitude and appreciation. Oh, I see. That, okay, I misunderstood. And I attracted, I had, I attracted something that was ideal in so many ways, right? And it wasn't perfect. The same thing in my marriage. I attracted a marriage that was ideal in so many ways, but it wasn't perfect. But it did give me an incredible relationship with an incredible woman and raised three kids, and you know her three kids that I that I raised as stepkids, mm-hmm. and. And all the different things that happened during that time, there was there was some really bad things going on, and there was really really good things going on. And so, looking back on it, I, I just say, well, that's what I did at that time. That's what I created. But since I've gotten into law of attraction, I've gotten really clear. And of course, once I left that relationship, and once I left that job, because they both ended, they both ended without me saying that I was ending them. They just it happened to mm-hmm. me, you know, but obviously I attracted that, yeah. but I attracted, I really believe I attracted it because I did want a different relationship, a more, a more ideal relationship. And I did want a different job, a more ideal job. And so now I'm on the trail of those things and I've created this coaching business and I've, and I'm attracting different relationships with women into my life. And 
but the question that always comes up to me like okay how 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 long am i going to stay on the trail of of looking for this ideal situation and and at what point do i just compromise and say it it's more painful to stay on the trail of looking for the ideal woman or the ideal work than it is to just try to compromise somehow and say you know uh, i'll just I'll just do something that makes me more money and I'll just get together with someone who I'm happy with and, and I'll just settle, you know, I'll just start, I'll accept it for what it is. Well, that's why I talked about the must have list because the must have list is how you find out whether or not that person is really the right person for you. In my opinion, um, once you reduce your wish list, your want list down to right. a must have list, not that the other wishes have to go away. They don't, but the, mu- the must-have list is the absolute requirement list. And until you define that for yourself, you're going to constantly find yourself wavering on it. That's what I found. If I didn't define it, if I didn't define it clearly, I would not have been uh, – I would not have asked Louise to marry me, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I had – and, and the big, the big uh, gotcha on the list was children. That was it. Everything yeah. else was – well, there were maybe one or two little things, but that was the big one was children. And I had to really sit down and say to myself, how important are they? Not whether I was willing to compromise on them. That was never an option. Compromising was never, ever an option. The only thing I could actually do was decide, is that a deal breaker? If I had focused on, can I compromise on it? All I would have done is made myself miserable. So I had to focus instead on, is this a deal breaker? Is it something where I, it's a strong one that I'd like to have, or is it something that I must have and without it I can't go into a relationship with somebody? And it took me a while. It took me a while to figure it out. It took me, I'd say, a good couple months to figure it out. But I finally decided, you know what? When push comes to shove, I'd love to have kids, but my life wouldn't be a wreck without kids. My life would actually be pretty good. I mean, there are a lot of things you can do when you don't have kids, you know, and, and that's the kind of, of, of conversation I had with myself. I, I reached the point where I realized, you know what? It's not a deal breaker for me. Would it have been a deal breaker for somebody else? Yeah, possibly. But for me, it wasn't a deal breaker. And when I looked at my list of what my deal breaker stuff was, it was only like four or five items on the list, if that. And she passed every one of those. And it instantly became an, an easy decision. Now, I guarantee you, if I had focused on, well, am I willing to compromise on that? All I would have done is felt miserable, and I could never have made the decision to ask her to marry me. I couldn't yeah. have done it. Yeah. I don't really believe in compromise either, and that's why I don't do it. Yeah. But I also, I also have such a high standard of what I want that I, I feel like, you know, well. well that, that's why I, I urge you. I urge you to, to, to really sit down and figure out what is absolutely on your must-have list. You know, right. The the, uh, the, the well, stuff that is just not negotiable, just to save yourself the angst. You know, just yeah. Well, just by just just I, by I having it, it like makes I it so do much easier. Know those things, but maybe maybe I could do that more. I, I feel well, like I do know the those fact that the, the fact that you feel variation, years. the fact that you feel the, these. You know, on the one hand, on the other hand, with these two women, shows me that you haven't ironed it out. Hmm. It shows me that it isn't complete yet. You haven't yeah. you haven't totally decided. Yes, this is my final list. Otherwise, yeah. well, you, would, you would have made the decision easily. The, the question is, I've, I've never felt the dilemma before of being of feeling so in um, attracted to somebody who has some unwanted characteristics. I've never felt that before, you know, where where um, it seems like the level of love between us is so powerful that it oh, would, yeah. 
that it that it should be that it, it almost feels like it would transcend anything on a list you know i mean it's like it would almost make like there's nothing that i wouldn't do for that level of love that i feel when i look in her eyes you know and that's that's a little bit disconcerting because it seems like well really like, well i think that's you, where the whole thing about anything in that person <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that's, that's i think that's where the whole thing love. comes from the, the whole thing about huh? relationships being difficult that's where it comes from it comes from that right there what you're describing yeah and it, and, and it comes from that because we decide that's difficult you get it it, we've decided that that's difficult. Well, it doesn't have to be difficult. There are things about Louise that you know, rub me the wrong way. There are things about me that rub Louise the wrong way. But the difference is that we don't let them rub ourselves the wrong way very long. You know, we talk yeah. through it. We, we do things. We, you know, we make room for each other. I mean, if we, like, for instance, if I was into camping and she wasn't, I'd go camping with the boys every once in a while. No big deal. Mm-hmm. You know? It wouldn't be, oh, well, she doesn't believe in camping, and I love camping, and oh, going back and forth. Why don't you ever go camping with me? It wouldn't be anything like that, because that just creates crisis. Yeah, for sure. You know? So I just find another way to go camping. Big deal. <laughs> it's yeah. not a big deal. It's really not. But if we make it a big deal, then it is a big deal, and it becomes a really, really big deal. That's why that, that list, is, I can't. I, I don't know if I can convey how important that short list is. It is crucial. It is critical to having success in relationship. You got to know in precise measure what exactly is on that must have list and what is not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought I knew, but maybe I'm still working on it <laughs> because yeah. I, I mean, I, but I've never been faced with a feeling of so much love, you know, with another person where it just knocks me off my feet well that's wonderful by the way i i want to say congratulations yeah. on having that. that's great well i guess but then you know if it comes in a situation where i feel like there's going to be so much other things that are conflicting for me then it's like it's it's a bit mind-blowing but that's that's what the the short list does that short list of must-have things it makes it so much easier to deal with that yeah. situation it makes yeah. it so yeah. much easier just say you can just say if 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 there's enough things on the short list that I have to say to her, look, I, I as much as I love the hell out of you, it's just it's not it's just not going to work, you know. And that's what I had already said to her, and I had left her. I had left her with that understanding that mm-hmm. there's just too many things on the short list that that aren't aren't going to work. Here. Then then if they're on the short list, they're on the short list. That's all there is to it. And it doesn't mean that you you ever stop loving her. She's a wonderful person. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just the angst of pulling away from her. Yeah. Well, well, I know we're about out of time, so I'm. But no, that's fine. We got hey, about a minute and a half. Thanks for coaching left, me, coach. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you've done the reverse <laughs> for me a number of times. So why not? You well, know? <laughs> I've had I've had so many clients where I'm on the other end of coaching them on this, um, and and I've even told people, you know, you you think this is the only person you could ever be in love with, but it isn't. You know, like I've talked talked to people in their like 20 years old who are freaked out because they. They feel like they're never ever going to be in love again. Yeah, you know? and yet oh, yeah. the person, the guy's abusing her. You yeah, know? and yet you know she won't leave him. You know, right. it's like she got to understand it's not going to be that way. It, actually, that's one of the the great things I discovered early in life, which is there is no limit to love, and that's a wonderful thing. There is no limit to it; it's just endless. It's true. No matter whether you you're, you're fell in love with one person and then you're you're separating because it's just not going to be a good fit. The love doesn't go away, and that's a great thing. That's oh, a wonderful that thing. Person, yeah. yeah, or with even a number of people, you know, that's fine. That's a good thing. That's something to celebrate, actually. 
So instead of getting all wrapped up about it, why not like, well, no, I'm glad I love that person. I'm glad that she loved yeah. me. Well, that's what she keeps saying to me. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, it has been great, Tom. Uh, yeah. I guess we get to carry on the subject on Tuesday. We'll have more to talk about. But this has been good. So you know, we'll, we'll yeah. carry it on Tuesday. Sound good? All right. Sound all right. Good. And we'll invite you all back next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.